You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Halley. Hello, Oilers fans, and thank you once again for tuning in to The Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Connor Halley. Make sure you give me a follow on Twitter, at Connor Halley. And thank you again for tuning in to this show. We've got a great one coming up for you. But first, I want to thank our sponsor, DraftKings. Baseball is back. The teams are back out on the diamond. Last year was different, but that doesn't mean it lacked any excitement. And this year is poised to be even better. DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you on the field with a free shot at a share of $1 million in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy baseball is easy to play. Just pick 10 players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up the points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. There's no better way to put your baseball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars throughout the week. But... If baseball isn't for you, DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this weekend's tournament with millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. This week, there's no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. Make sure you download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN to get a free shot at a share of millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code THPN to get a free shot at a share of millions of dollars with your first deposit only at DraftKings, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. I mentioned we've got a great show coming up for you here on the Other Connor podcast. Later on, we will talk to Corey Hirsch. He, of course, a former NHL goaltender. Right now, he's a Vancouver Canucks analyst with Sportsnet 650. We did find out that the Oilers-Canucks game Saturday night will be postponed as a few members of the Canucks have tested positive for COVID-19, and they've got to make sure they handle that before anything happens. But we're going to talk to Corey about those Canucks, see how things are going with Vancouver, and I really want to ask him about Alex Stalock and how long he thinks it will take for him to get up to speed and be ready to play for the Oilers if they need him. Of course, he hasn't played in a long time. He went through some medical issues. How long does it take for a goalie to really be ready? We'll talk to Corey Hirsch about that and see what the Canucks are going to do at the deadline. Speaking of Staylock, just very quickly, Tom Gazzola reporting today that Staylock was out on there on the ice, but he also was quick to mention that he did not do a whole lot. He was kind of watching from the sides and jumped in there when Mikko Koskinen needed a breather. So it looks like he's still a ways away, but we'll ask Corey Hirsch, a longtime NHL goalie, how long it takes to get ready for the NHL speed. We'll also talk to Ryan Leslie, a host on Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada. He covers the Calgary Flames. We'll preview the Battle of Alberta Friday night. So assuming you're listening to the podcast on Friday, it's tonight. Battle of Alberta. The Oilers looking to rebound after that terrible game against the Montreal Canadiens. And if you're looking for some pregame coverage, you're going to want to tune into TSN 1260. Tom Gazzola has your pregame coverage starting at 530, like I said, on TSN 1260. And you know what? He's going to join us right now to discuss those Edmonton Oilers and uh, what happened on Monday, what can they expect on Friday, and a whole lot more. Tom, thanks a lot for doing this today. How are you doing? I'm awesome. I mean, it's April Fool's, and I have yet to get fooled, so I think I'm doing okay. You're, uh, I mean, you got to wake up earlier to fool Tom Gazzola on April Fool's Day. <laughs> I wish that was the case, Connor, but uh, I'm... Uh, I. I bite on April Fool's <laughs> pranks. Like, I forget what day it is. I, you know, people will be like, yeah, it's April 1st, and it doesn't sink in. And I sit there for like a second and go, oh, yeah. 
Oh, right. And, and, you know, I'd like to think of myself as generally sharp, but there's some days where some of those little things, like the little details that elude me for that first couple of seconds, and then it, it finally kicks in, and the monkey working the wheel in my, <laughs> in my head finally gets going. He's usually on a smoke break or something. Did anyone get you this year? No. Oh, not at or all. Or in the and past. Like, have you, have you ever pl- a fell victim to someone's real good prank? So many times. Uh, not even good pranks, but, like, even crappy pranks that are just pure cheese. I, I buy them. It's just because it doesn't dawn on me, and I give people the benefit of the doubt, and I'm gullible that way. But this year, given all that we've gone through, it just... I, I had no appetite for it, and and I even woke up today was one of the days where I was like, I was aware that it was April Fool's, where I'm like, I just don't care for it this year. I really don't. And uh, So, like, no, nobody got me. Nobody yeah, got me. Everything we've gone through this year, this well, not this calendar year, this whole year, I mean, nothing can really phase us anymore. Today, we got the news that the Oilers-Canucks game on Saturday would be postponed with the Canucks testing positive. Uh, what was your reaction to that news? I expected it. Honestly, when we found out a couple of days ago that the Canucks were dealing with COVID, um, I thought to myself, that's not going to be good for Saturday's game. At least we have the Battle of Alberta on Friday. And it was funny because on Wednesday, things seemed better. Like, they, they sent everyone away a couple of days ago, and then, you know, people were on the ice, and they were saying uh, things were looking okay for the Canucks. And then they fast-tracked their test. Farhan Lalji reported on it. And then on uh, Thursday, is, you know, we found out that Hamannick has it, a coach has it, and then the league put it out there that they're going to be suspended for what, a week and a bit even? Um, so I, I wasn't surprised that Saturday's game was was pushed pushed back. And, you know, there's going to be some pockets in the remaining schedule where you can squeeze that game in. So not a big deal. Hopefully it's a nice warm Saturday. It's uh, Easter weekend. See, there's another thing I forgot about. I forgot it was even Easter. <laughs> it's just It just slips my mind. So, um it sucks for Oilers fans, but they'll get a game Friday and they can enjoy the long weekend and the holiday weekend. And no, Connor, honestly, as soon as uh, I saw that they were dealing with that Godet positive test and, and it came back positive again, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that game on Saturday is going to happen. And lo and behold, that's the case. Well, Tom, I mean, we'll get to the the Battle of Alberta, and of course, Tyler Ennis placed on waivers on a Thursday, but I got to go back to the game against the Montreal Canadiens, and uh, you and Hernan South did the post-game show. That game was over very quickly. It started off bad, and it did not get any better. I, I guess, first question, how was the reaction on the post-game show? And, and then I'll follow up with another question. Let's just, let's just stick with that one right now. <laughs> yeah. Um... Considering the season's been pretty good, like the Oilers are a good team. Let's not kid ourselves. They've very much established that, and now they're jockeying for position unless they go and crash and burn and another team uh, picks it up in Calgary or Vancouver, which is possible, but, you know, the percentages aren't good for Calgary and Vancouver. Um, That game, 
it was just a stinker, Connor. It's it's one of those ones that just goes sideways. Good teams have bad games. Nothing went well. It was like a domino effect. It took 18 seconds for the Habs to score. Um, and, and of course, the natural reaction is to to look for the deficiencies and pinpoint them, and and that's what we see on the post game show. So uh, we had people saying, "Well, Miko Koskinen first shot." goal again. Yes, very valid. Um, people saying, well, why did Dave Tippett start the Kara line? Valid. Um, then others going, well, what? why didn't the Kara line have a good shift? Valid. Because the, you know, kind of nonchalantly go into the Habs zone. Ham, Habs basically regroup, send it back the other way and it's a three-on-three three that all of a sudden turns into a grade-A scoring opportunity and the defense are backing in on Koskinen. Koskinen's in the middle of his crease instead of playing on top of his crease. Kakanyemi doesn't even pick a, a, a hole. He just shoots it at the net and it goes in far side. I mean, I mean, this is a six foot seven goalie. So it's all that entire sequence. You can't even call it a sequence, Connor. It's a calamity of errors and it, it really set the tone. And because three and a half minutes later, they're fishing another puck out of their net. Then late in the period, uh, Brendan Gallagher scores on on you know a weak shot that went off the post and off of Koskinen's back and everyone's looking for it except for Gallagher because he knows where it is and he pots it home. It, it was a stinker. It was they they soiled their sheets and you heard after the game mentally they weren't there they weren't focused uh, physically they should have been fine because they had all those days between games before they finally took on the Leafs that first game and then of course. Um, they had a day between the Leafs games and then the back-to-back, which they've generally been really good at since Dave Tippett has taken over behind the bench. So just a crappy game, and uh, they'll move on. And, and they talked about it on Thursday, and, and I think they're going to be okay. I really do. Um, it happens to the best of teams. But people were mad for various reasons, and you know what? All of their reasons were valid because there was no redeeming qualities in that game. The best part, if you're an Oilers fan, was seeing Josh Anderson and William Lagason fight. And even even that was just William Lagason getting in his first NHL fight, sticking up for himself. Those two kind of went at it the last time they met on February 11th. It was a bad game, and I think the the team was happy to be done with that very strange road trip and to get back home. So, and, and Matt and I, Matt Awanek and I talked about it the next day, and and I tweeted out that why why is Connor McDavid not starting or Leon Drysaddle? Like if if you're going to separate their lines, I can I can get the point. And but am am I am I wrong here in the sense that if I were a head coach? I don't care what the matchup is. I don't care who they put out unless unless they're just trying to start fights or something. I'm putting out Connor McDavid's line. He's the best player in the world, bar none. You want to get momentum early. Why is he on the bench to start the game? You know, generally you want your top dogs going out there. I get that. You want to try to grab the momentum as quick as possible. But honestly, Connor, I think this was an opportunity for Dave Tippett to show... Um, some confidence in the other lines. And, and that's coming off a night prior where they won and all four lines were pretty good. And it, it was like a reward. And I have no issue with that whatsoever. And, and you've got Montreal team that was supposed to be rusty, hadn't practiced for a week. And all of those indicators pointed to, yeah, let's, let's get another one of those lines out there. Cause they know as well as everyone that it's either McDavid or Drysidle's line starting. So it was like a, it was like a, a treat for that line to get the start. And 
if if they didn't even get scored on on that first shift, Connor, I'm sure the way the Oilers were mentally in that game, they still would have lost, and it didn't matter. We wouldn't even be focusing on the first shift whatsoever. <laughs> cool. Tom, just one more question about the pass, and, and then we'll move on and, and accept it for what it was. But after the goal, and it, w- it was a close play on the blue line. Dave Tippett decides to challenge. Obviously, it doesn't go his way. Then they're assessed to delay a game penalty. If you're Dave Tippett, you're in that situation. It's one goal early, and it's not a clear offside. Are you making that challenge, or do you just say, you know what, take that. We're going to send out our top two guys now, and we'll try to get the momentum back here. Yeah, and, and probably in hindsight, that's the right move to make. Um, and, and maybe that's indicative of not just the players being not mentally sharp, but the coaching staff too. They, they took a risk on it. I mean, it didn't really cost them on the subsequent penalty kill, but right after that is, is when the Canadians got their second goal of the night. In hindsight, it was, it was bad, but, it, it just goes back to this being an all-around bad night for not just the players, but the team. And was that a bad offside challenge? Yeah. Did it end up ultimately costing them? No, not really. But sure enough, uh, they didn't have any momentum. And then the Habs scored again. I don't even know if that would have changed the game, Connor, to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I just come back to that. Like They were there physically, but mentally nowhere to be found and their minds had wandered and and that's never a recipe for success so maybe if they got that first save I, I still don't think that they would have gotten the result at the end of the night if they uh, hadn't challenged and had let it go and tried to send out the McDavid line or right after to try to get the momentum back I still think they would have lost the game um, had they start Mike Smith in that game and he would have made the first save or, or been dialed in. I still don't know if they would have won that game. There, it was just one of those ones where they had nothing. No juice, no jump, um, out of sight, out of mind. And it's funny, like we, we could pick it apart, and I think my answer would still be the same every time and just be like, I think they're destined to lose that game. And, <laughs> and it happens. And it, it sucks. It shouldn't have happened, but... As as we you know break it down and look at it all over again, it's like yeah, well, you had some indicators there saying that this was entirely possible, and uh, that's that's the result. It was a stinker. Maybe it's a reminder too, Connor, that that they can't hop on their high horse just just yet. You know what I mean? Like they're up against some teams that are desperate. Um, they're jockeying for position in the North Division. And they need to be on top of it. So you can't slip mentally. And and that's a, a harsh reminder of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this is just another opportunity. I mean, being the uh, glass half full kind of guy that now you get to see how you respond and how do you bounce back from a really poor performance and unique set of circumstances, the road trip, you know, finding out you have to go back to Montreal for the game just maybe wasn't ideal for their psyches, but now you go, you got the Battle of Alberta, time to bounce back. Uh, the news of the day, Tom, Tyler Ennis placed on waivers. Did that move surprise you at all? Yeah, of course. <laughs> it did. I mean, you know, after you see the fallout of it and maybe the reasoning, Daniel Nugent Bowman, good to see him back on the beat. Saw him at the rink today. Uh, after uh, the birth of his daughter, he uh, took some pat leave and now he's back. So that's great. So he pointed out 
that this might be an opportunity for the Oilers to to free up some some money heading into the trade deadline if anything were to happen and and by putting Ennis on waivers and then onto the taxi squad um probably not a lot but but still a little bit of money pinch some pennies uh, in a time where a lot of teams have to do that I don't think Ennis is going to get claimed uh, I like what Ennis has done for the most part this season and uh, as we've witnessed this year, and, and the Oilers aren't the only team to do this. This this cap gymnastics, this taxi squad uh, shuffling uh, happens with some prominent names around the National Hockey League, or names that have solid, solidified themselves throughout. Like, we saw Gostisbehere go on waivers. Anybody could have had their take at him, and uh, he he went through. I know he was more expensive than Ennis at $4.5 million, and he's got a lot of upside. He's in the prime of his career, maybe not having the best season, but I think that's kind of an indicator as to where everyone's at. Um, so if you're not a backup goalie that's been in the league for a while, you're probably not getting claimed. Uh, Tom, looks like we might see uh, Connor McDavid back with Ryan Nugent Hopkins dry settle down to the air quote second line here. Do you like that strategy going forward? Yeah, it's ba- it's more balanced, Connor, and it, it's nice to be able to stack up McDavid dry settle. And here's the other thing too: is you, you balance out two lines, you get Nugent Hopkins hopefully playing good on the left side. Uh, not that I had anything against the way he played at, at center, and this year in. In general, it seems like he doesn't have as much jump as he's had in years prior, and he's still putting up some points. You'd like to see him score five on five more, but I think the the contract thing is getting to him. We saw on Thursday, uh, Frank Saravalli said the Oilers uh, made a pitch to Nugent Hopkins camp. It wasn't particularly well received, but you know negotiations work that way. And so you spread these two guys out; they could drive their lines. Good complementary pieces on the wings. And and I don't mind it whatsoever. I, I really don't. So we'll see how it, it looks going forward. Um, and keep in mind, too, like McDavid and Dreisaitl always come out first shift after a penalty kill. Late in games, if they're chasing, they're out there for the last 7 to 10 minutes together. And these are players that get double shifted regularly. So it's not like they're entirely playing on different lines throughout the the course of a game and we all know how much they eat up of whatever power play time the Oilers do get not a big deal in the grand scheme of things I think Tom the Edmonton Oilers announcing that they will be doing a celebration of life for the late Colby Cave Uh, his wife Emily will be there her family as well as the Edmonton Oilers will be held at 11 a.m. on Saturday and streamed on the team's website I know he wasn't with the organization for a long time but any memories of the late Colby Cave He's a guy, Connor, I never really had a chance to talk to. I might have asked him one or two questions in scrums. Um, yeah, I mean, he was up and down. I think uh, he's – I mean, I'll, I'll say this. Um, my brother travels with the team, obviously not this season, because he writes for EdmontonOilers.com, and he told a story that when Cave scored that beautiful goal in Pittsburgh last season – uh, everyone on the bus uh, after the game heading to the airport just had a huge ovation for him when he hopped on the bus. That's how much he was liked and, and respected amongst his teammates. And, and that, to me, stood out. And when my brother told 
me that because my brother's a pretty easygoing guy and he doesn't uh, make a big deal out of things, but he made a point of, of mentioning that to me after he got back from that trip. And I was like, wow, I, I didn't know he was that well-liked on, on the team. I thought he was just kind of another one of those fringe guys that goes up and down, but um, the players really, really liked him. So I, I, I like that the Oilers are doing this. Nicely done by them. Um, you know, it's been a very tough year uh, for everybody and and amplify that and multiply it. I don't know how many hundreds of times for the cave family. And so this is a nice touch and, and I'm sure it's going to be done very, very well. And people will be able to watch it on the live stream. I saw that and a uh, very classy gesture by the organization. So Connor, um, it's really sad. Someone's life cut short way too early and um, and here's a nice way to pay tribute to him finally. Yeah, absolutely. Classy move by the organization. Like you said, it'll be live streamed on the team's website Saturday, 11 a.m. for those who want to tune in. And uh, that is a great story from your brothers. Just shows how much he was uh, loved by the guys on that team. Tom, you're back Friday night with the pre- and post-game show. I think it's you and me on the post-game show. Hernan's going to be on the pre-game, which gets going at 5.30. So if you're listening to the podcast on Friday before 5.30... Tune into the pregame coverage. Tune into the postgame coverage. What can they expect, Tom? Just uh, an hour and a half full of energy. Um, excellent analysis from Matt Cassian. Uh, Hernan's going to be on the pregame show. We'll see if he's still angry about what happened on uh, Tuesday. And and we'll go from there, I guess. Uh, and then we'll we'll also have a guest from Calgary, and that's that's Hernan's responsibility now. Although I can make some suggestions, but usually you're right on top of that. Uh, you guys are two of the best, and I appreciate working with you guys very much. And even though you throw curveballs at me like this by switching <laughs> shifts, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's it's going to be a good show, and heading into an exciting battle of Alberta, just the one game this weekend. And hey, I want to mention this too because I was at practice on Thursday. Thursday and Alex Stalock, I tweeted out pictures of him uh, taking part. Um, he didn't really do anything at practice. I'll, I'll, I just want to make that abundantly clear because I saw a lot of people in reaction on my twi- Twitter and my tweet uh, saying, now's the time for Stalock. He really maybe took part in a few uh, uh, drills uh, when Koskinen needed a quick breather. He only shared the net with Koskinen, and then he sat on the bench most of the time. And then after the main practice was over, he did some extra work with uh, Dustin Schwartz. So don't get too excited just yet. They're getting him up to speed. He didn't practice and do too much today. I was very observant of that, and I just wanted to point it out. So I don't think uh, Stalock time is is imminent just yet. You know what? I was going to ask you about that, but I thought I'd hold off. I know I always bring him up whenever you're on the podcast. And you know what? We have uh, Corey Hurst, longtime uh, NHL goalie, coming up on the pod later on. So I'm going to ask him about that. How long does it take to get acclimated and, and catch up to, to the speed of things? And we'll, we'll see what happens. But, Tom, thanks so much for hopping on today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Connor. Always a pleasure, my friend. Excellent stuff from Tom Gazzola, as usual. He, of course, the host of the Don Wheaton on White pre- and post-game shows on TSN 1260. Like I said, if you are tuning in on Friday, tune into the action starting at 5.30 as Tom Hernan and former NHLer Matt Cassian set up the Battle of Alberta. Tom, he's everywhere, though. On Oilers Game Nights, you can watch him on CTV News here in Edmonton. At 11, he's also a correspondent with the NHL Network. Give him a follow on Twitter, also, at Tom Gazzola. And Tom said some great stuff there. I agree, you know, you got to move on. 
can't dwell on the loss to the Montreal Canadiens, and this team showed that they do a very good job of bouncing back, and they'll have an opportunity to do so on Friday, taking on the Calgary Flames. We're going to do the same thing here on the other Connor podcast and bring in a guy who knows the Calgary Flames better than most, Ryan Leslie, of course, the host on Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada. You can give him a follow on Twitter, also at Ryan Leslie Media. Ryan, thanks so much for doing this today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, being able to join you. Well, thrilled to get you on here. Of course, the Oilers are set to take on the Calgary Flames on a Friday night puck drop just after 7 o'clock. But before we get into the game, I want to ask you, uh, this year I'm sure it's been crazy for you. How different has it been doing the NHL season during COVID? Great question, and one that I think everybody is asking themselves. This has been just a weird one. I mean, we're all happy that the game's back, aren't we? But... um, it is different, and I can't wait for normalcy. Let's just hope and pray that for everybody's sake in the sports world and around the world that it, we get back to normal. But, yeah, it's just been uh, very challenging, um, empty rinks, cold empty rinks. And I'm not kidding when I say this. Fans are missed. And being inside is great, but it's not nearly the same. Bringing the games is one thing, but uh, it is, you know, we need to – Hopefully, uh, with all the safety measures in place, get back to where we once were. And you know, I'm glad everybody's tuning in. But it's been uh, it's been a challenge. I mean, but mostly it's been a challenge for the players. You know, on the road, they're in their hotel rooms, and I, I can't imagine. You know, they're not allowed to hang out. All these different restrictions and protocols. So it's we're grateful that the game is on, but uh, this isn't the way we want it to continue but we'll just keep doing it and trying to tell some stories and try to bring some good broadcasts uh, to the airways and the team that you cover the calgary flames of course went through it on wednesday with the vancouver canucks having a few positive tests i guess just from your perspective can you give us a timeline on wednesday's events yeah i was uh, set to go had been in touch um, not only with my producer who was going to be working out of toronto but uh you know, with the team as well. And I had asked prior to me even leaving the house to uh, Flames Communications if they had heard anything. And at that point, they hadn't. They're like, no, it's been a quiet day. So we uh, we were business as usual. And I don't know, it was weird. It just didn't feel down to the real game day. I don't know why. Probably because I kind of somewhere in the back of your brain thought, maybe this is going to happen. But anyhow, we were full systems go. And I was you know, at the rink and ready to voice a, a, the, the opening tease for the show and good to go. And all of a sudden, a win that it wasn't going to be happening. And I don't know, maybe not even 10 minutes later, uh, Elliot Friedman uh, put it out there. And when he does that, you know it's official. So uh, I knew at that point, so we just sat tight. And then we just, uh, for the next few minutes, and then shut it down and ended up having a unexpected uh, evening with my kids. And now we roll on. The team rolls into Edmonton, your fair city. Oh, yes. Uh, and, you know, speaking of cold arenas, uh, Rogers Place is freezing. Oh, so freezing. <laughs> they don't like to turn oh. the heat on too often down there. Uh, talking about the, the Calgary Flames, and, of course, we're uh, coming up on a month since the team fired Jeff Ward and brought in Daryl Sutter. From your perspective, uh, what's been the biggest change with the Flames team so far? I don't know if there's been a change, to be honest with you. Um, I, I really don't. I mean... I see the same the same thing going, and I, you know, I, I don't know if there's been there's been one thing. I mean, you know, somebody would say that Daryl's cleaned this up or what have you, but the results are are the same, and uh, it's not the coach. Uh, this is a player's thing, and 
you know, I not it's not Daryl's fault. It's not Jeff's fault. It's just the way this season has gone, and we've seen this from many teams in the past. When it snowballs, it just continues. So now I don't I don't see any real difference. They're not harder to play against. They're not uh, any better. Um, not any more wins. Um, it's going the other way. So. And it'll be different maybe when Daryl has a full season under his belt, but you'd think there'd be a bump with a new coach, and, and there just hasn't been. So you get a couple of games off the top, but now this thing's this thing's not looking good, and uh, now they're really up against it. So no changes from what I can see. So the team is 4-6 and six in their last 10. Uh, split a few series, obviously didn't go too well against the Ottawa Senators. But what do you think Oilers fans can expect to see from this Flames team Friday night? I really, you know, fair question. I don't know because we've seen the inconsistencies, the the highs and lows, and you never know what you're going to get with this team. That's that's the kicker here. I mean, there's usually some consistency to good teams, and there hasn't been, and that's why Calgary finds themselves where they are. So there's a bunch of talented, good guys on this roster, but it's not translating, and they'll be the first to tell you that. Um, they may not want to hear the call-in shows. They may not want to hear... Uh, what's being said about them in the papers or or on uh, television networks, but it's not good. And they know that, and they've been able to look themselves in the mirror. This is not new. This is not a sudden slide. This is a team that has been sputtering for some time. And so Oilers fans can expect uh, just to see uh, probably an emotional uh, group because there's some pride on the line. They are professionals with pride. and They understand the Battle of Alberta, but but right now uh, that bitter – you know, translate into something. So I don't know what version you're going to get. They've been able to, in the past, in one game, keep uh, the big boys of the Oilers in check, and then they get blown out the next. So I, I really couldn't predict what version you're going to get because nobody knows. So I know we on the media side try to hype up this Battle of Alberta, but, I mean, you, you've seen every Flames game. Is there a, an uptick in intensity when they take on the Oilers, or is it just, like you said, hit and miss? You never really know what you're going to get. Oh, there's definitely a boost uh, when they know that there's still something that uh, is not lost on these players. They understand what it is. And, you know, sometimes and we in the media have, uh, you know, said this is exactly the tonic that one of the two needs, you know, depending on who's rolling and who's struggling. So, no, there's definitely a bump here. Um, and it, I anticipate some high level. But if you got one team who's just rolling over, if you got one team who's just licking their wounds, uh, we really don't know. That's what is going to make this thing so compelling to watch because is this a game where, where Edmonton, oh, it's Calgary, maybe they take a shift or two off or do they just keep the hammer down and just punch them in the mouth? I don't know. I, I just know that Calgary could show up or they may not, and that has been the season in a nutshell. Uh, Ryan Leslie joining me here on the Other Connor Podcast. He, of course, a host on Sportsnet as well as Hockey Night in Canada. Give him a follow on Twitter at Ryan Leslie Media. Uh, trade deadline coming up for the in the NHL. Do you think the Flames look to make any moves, whether it be buying or selling? I think it'll be ridiculously quiet on that front. Um, I've been told as much, but we will see. You never know what kind of conversations. And, and I feel bad. I'm kind of answering all your questions with either a negativity or a who knows. <laughs> But when this is the, the reality of a team that is in flux and, and really in this weird spot. So um, I don't anticipate any major moves. I don't anticipate it to be a busy day. Um, I really don't. And I think, you know, we're at a point where we're way past the, the answers are in this room. These guys have to figure it out. It isn't that. It's a combination of 
they might have to figure it out. What's the market like for any of the players? I don't think it's that strong right now. And uh, this is a group that has to, uh, you know, either turn things around on their own or uh, a management group that is going to have to make some very difficult decisions. I don't know how close they are to a blow-it-up mentality. I don't know how close they are to fix it on the fly. But uh, this isn't cutting it, and it hasn't been cutting it here for a very long time. Just a couple more questions for you here, Ryan. Really appreciate you doing this. And as we tape this, the Flames currently sitting fifth in the North Division or tied for fifth, four points back on the Canadians, although the Canadians do have five games in hand. Uh, is there any belief amongst the fan base, the players, the people you interact with, that the team can get on a run here and try to push for that final playoff spot? Well, it's one thing to get on the run, but we're watching the Habs game here right now, and the Canadians obviously uh, are in a much more enviable situation. And, you know, they're a team that might have might be able to kind of find a bit of a bump just given their situation. But the games in hand, the schedule, the, the pad, and the way both teams are trending would suggest that uh, that I'm not so sure that they can be caught. And I just, you know, I think when you look at Vancouver and Calgary, there was a real opportunity uh, that in this shortened season, but uh, they just haven't been able to make the most of it for a number of reasons. Um, you know, I don't know as though Montreal is a lock for that last spot, but they're they're going to be that team because I think the other ones are, and uh, there's just not enough time now for Calgary or Toronto to dig out. They're just the math is just not great. I I want to say I feel bad for the Flames, but I mean this is an Oilers focused podcast. People listening to this are probably smiling hearing you say that. I'm I'm sorry that they're taking glee in the in the failures of the Calgary Flames, but you know how it is. Uh, what do you think happens on Friday night? I, I don't know if you're a prediction guy or not, but how do you think this plays out? No, I'm not a prediction guy, but uh, you know I just think um, it, it, you can't predict right now because you know what you know about this team just to go back to an earlier answer is that uh, they're just too inconsistent they can show up it wouldn't surprise me um but they can also you know not show up and uh, that wouldn't surprise me either i don't know you know in some of the conversations i have with the guys it's certainly um about professional pride so there is that and they will get up just to try and kick an opponent in the tee you just don't roll over all the time but uh uh, you know, I, I really couldn't predict what's going to happen. I won't. I just know that uh, anything when it comes to the, these two teams is on the table. Uh, it should be a fun one Friday night down at Rogers Place. Yeah. Ryan, thanks so much for doing this today. I really appreciate it, and hopefully we can get you on again down the road. Hey, anytime. Thanks for having me, and enjoy the game. Ryan Leslie of Hockey Night in Canada, as well as a host on Sportsnet for the Calgary Flames broadcast. Give him a follow on Twitter at Ryan Leslie Media, and uh, a lot of those answers, I'm assuming your majority Oilers fans tuning into this podcast, it's got to make you happy. It's looking pretty bleak with the Calgary Flames right now, of course. Not looking like they'll make the playoffs. Not much has changed with the new head coach. You have to wonder what might happen in the offseason down south, and uh, I think we'll all be watching from afar and seeing what they do, because uh, it does have a pretty big impact on the Edmonton Oilers, uh, Battle of Alberta rival and divisional opponents. So uh, we'll see what happens with the Calgary Flames. Of course, the Oilers set to take them on Friday night down at the Ice District. 
and we'll see what happens. Now, a game that was supposed to happen Saturday against the Vancouver Canucks will not be happening due to COVID protocols and some positive tests. But I still had a chance to talk to former NHLer and current analyst of the Vancouver Canucks for Sportsnet 650, Corey Hirsch, and we'll get to that conversation now. We'll talk about the Canucks, what might happen this season for them at the trade deadline, and he played a lot of goalie in the NHL. So I wanted to ask him about Oilers' third-string goalie, Alex Stalock, of course, who they picked up from the Minnesota Wild, and see when he might be ready to get in between the pipes for the Edmonton Oilers in a real game. So we'll get to that conversation right now. It's Corey Hirsch of Sportsnet. Also give him a follow on Twitter, at Corey Hirsch. Corey, thanks a lot for doing this today. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. This is uh, a treat to be on in Edmonton. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate you doing it. And and we've got a lot of questions for you here. Uh, I guess first things first, though, of course, you were probably set to to have the call on Sportsnet 650 on Vancouver yesterday. The news comes down that the game wouldn't be played. Uh, How did you find out? And, I mean, was there whispers that this uh, might happen throughout the day? I was sitting there. I was in the booth. I was just waiting for um, the game to start. And uh, about an hour and a half before, I saw that tweet from Elliot Friedman that said, this game is not on. It's not going to happen. So I was just as shocked as everybody. No, nobody knew. Like, nobody knew. We, had, we didn't have any idea that it was going to happen. So now for the Vancouver Canucks, obviously they'll have some time off, and uh, the Oilers had to go through it a little bit. They missed their series with the Montreal Canadiens just this past week here. So what do you think the guys do to try to stay active? I mean, y- you played in the NHL, I assuming you didn't go through anything quite like this, but what do you think these uh, players have to do now to be ready for when they can play once again? Yeah, I don't really know because I don't, I don't know if they can go to the rink, if they can practice and work out. I don't think that's it. Um, I think you're looking at running outside, really push-ups, sit-ups, things like that. If they, if they shut the whole team down, so um, I think you're looking at you know the old school way of, of jogging or running or doing something like that. Really, other, I, I don't know how else you can get fit unless you have a bike in your in your apartment or in your house. Uh, there's really not much you can do. So right now, I, I think we we know like Harmonic got it. One of the coaching staff members has it. Is there still potential that this could be spreading even further, and it could be even more delayed? Uh, I guess time away from the ice. There's always potential, but I think once you can, teams are so isolated that I think once you can catch it, you can kind of stop it, right? Because uh, anybody that's been uh, infected would have been infected by now, right? So uh, I would think that you can isolate it right now. We might see a guy or two here coming up. I, I don't know. But they've done a nice job with their protocols, too, of not giving too much. Uh, guys, you, you know, with the masks and not sharing towels. And other than being on the bench, these guys are, are really have to keep six feet away from each other. So as we tape this, Corey, and I appreciate you doing this here, the Canucks sitting fifth in the North Division are tied uh, four points back the Canadians. Who do have five games in hand, which doesn't make it any easier in, uh, you know, playing better hockey as of late is there any hope for the Canucks that maybe they can find their way to claw back into that final playoff spot or is it uh, maybe a little less optimism there? Hey, until you're mathematically eliminated um, you're always trying to push and hope that something can happen. We've seen stranger things happen. I would say that it's very unlikely though with the way things have gone uh, the deal that Montreal has made they're not going to catch Edmonton, Winnipeg or Toronto. Um, so the only team they can catch is Montreal. Montreal is four points ahead now with five games in hand and playing extremely well. 
Um, they've just traded for Stahl. Their goalie is going to be going again here good because he's, you know, got Sean Burke now as the goalie coach. Um, and things are just changed there in Montreal, so I think it's going to be tough to catch them. Heading toward the deadline, uh, I think we're, as we tape this, 11 days away for the Vancouver Canucks. Any chance they make any moves to bring anyone in? Or do you think there's any chance they look to sell? I think you're looking at sellers. I, I, I don't think you're looking at bringing anybody in. I think that, you know, you're spending money doing that. I don't think that's the right thing to do. I think you have to get the money for your free agents that you can get or the players that you can get your free agents. You can't let them go for free. You have to get something for them. Um, and, and definitely can't just let people go for free. So you have to get something for your free agent. So despite the season maybe not going the way the Canucks fan base had hoped for the team, obviously they had a lot of success playing in the bubble. Has there been anyone to you who stood out and been a pleasant surprise? Yeah, Thatcher Demko's been incredible. He's a, he's a legit number one guy. The more you play him, the better he gets. This guy is the real deal. They just signed him to a new five-year deal. It's a great contract for them because now you can build a team around your goalie. So many teams are trying to find a goalie. Uh, now you've got Thatcher Demko. You've got your net solidified. I think the Canucks are in good shape and goal. And he's the guy that you're going to build your team around over the next 10 years. Was this a contract that you saw coming and maybe uh, what you guys expected in terms of the length and the uh, AAV? Yeah, no, I didn't see it coming, to be honest, but it, I, I think it's a great deal. I think it's a good deal for both sides. He's not going to be earning for money, that's for sure, <laughs> right? Um, and, and five years from now, he'll, he'll be in a good position if he has a, a good five-year career and get some you know, Vesna Trophy noms or whatever. Uh, he'll be able to sign an even bigger deal. So it puts him in a good age category for when he's done this deal. It puts the Canucks in a good cap spot where they can build a team around him, and it's it's a good deal all around. Corey, when you look at this North Division with the Leafs, the Jets, uh, the Canadians, Oilers right now holding down the playoff spots, is that kind of what you thought it would look like, or is there been a team that surprised you this year? Uh, yeah, I think Winnipeg's a little better than I thought they would be. Uh, but as far as the team that surprised me, not not for this point. Montreal surprised early. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only team that surprises me would be the other way, and that's Calgary. The fact that they're—I thought they would be a lot better than they are. They're not. They—they uh, they really um, are lacking character, I think, in, uh, on the ice. So, and they've tried different ways to, to deal with that. I thought they were good early, and then they've just kind of floundered since then. So, um, different year, different teams, different everything. though. so this is a strange year for everybody. Uh, Corey, I just want to ask you one question, and this regarding the Oilers, of course, they bring in Alex Stalock from uh, Minnesota, and out here there's a lot of people that would like him to maybe take that backup role for Mikko Koskinen. He got on the ice on Thursday. From your perspective, you played a long time in the NHL as a goalie. How long do you think it takes for a goalie to, to just to catch up to the speed of the NHL and be NHL game ready? I think you have to give him a start because your first couple of games, he'll be ready to roll. He'll be excited to play. He'll have energy. He'll have jump. I think it's a few in between there where you start to kind of have a little bit of a dip. So get him in those games. Get him playing. Get him get him a couple of games action. And this guy's been, he knows how to be a backup. So he's been a good goalie. He'll have no problem with it. Corey, thank you so much for doing this today. Enjoy the time off if you if you get a little bit more than you would have wanted, and uh, we'll have to get you on down the road when the Oilers and Canucks eventually do play. Awesome. Thanks a lot, bud. We'll talk soon.
Former NHLer and current analyst for the Vancouver Canucks. You can get him on Twitter at Corey Hirsch. Of course, with Sportsnet 650 out in Vancouver. And uh, you know what? I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with Alex Stalock for the Edmonton Oilers. I think that he's a guy who can probably be a very serviceable backup, really compliment Mike Smith, and then we wait and see what happens to Mikko Koskinen. But something else to watch for for the Edmonton Oilers, and just really appreciative of Corey Hurst to spare some time and hop on the podcast here. That Vancouver traffic, a little bit noisier than it is in Edmonton, and uh, you could tell throughout the interview. But once again, thankful that Corey Hurst was able to spend some time with us here on the Other Connor Podcast. One more thing I want to get to. Well, we are going to be doing a contest here with Vertically Inclined. Of course, we had Jake, the owner, on the podcast on Tuesday, and we're going to give away a couple passes for an evening of climbing. Two people. could be a date night. You could take your kid. Maybe you want to take a parent, a sibling, a friend, whatever you want to do. Two passes, climbing all night. They're going to provide all the equipment and everything for you, and it's very simple. You just have to head to the Other Connor Facebook page and comment on our post. It's going to be very obvious. We'll let you know exactly which post I want you to comment on, and you're just going to have to make sure you follow both of our pages and take someone who you would go rock climbing with. Very simple, and uh, we'll hook a couple people up with that one. So that's just a, a big thank you from them and from me for the people who tune into this podcast. Really appreciate it, and we want to throw a little bit of a reward your direction. With that being said, we are done here on the Other Connor Podcast. For this episode, I want to thank all of our guests, Tom Gazzola of TSN 1260, Ryan Leslie, host on Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada, and Corey Hirsch, former NHLer as well as a Canucks analyst with Sportsnet 650. For the Edmonton Oilers, of course, playing Friday night. Then they are off to Montreal for a 5 o'clock puck drop against the Montreal Canadiens. Looking for a little bit of revenge. Following it up that week, you've got the Senators on Wednesday, a rare 3 o'clock game. So if you're working, don't forget to set your PVR. They'll also play the Sens next Friday as well. Another 5 o'clock puck drop. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. We will talk to you on Tuesday. Take care. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday wherever you get your podcasts from.